And what's going on, everybody? Welcome on into the Check Your Brain podcast hosted by me, Tony Mazur. Thank you for uh, listening. Maybe you stumbled upon this podcast because, uh, I don't know, we think the same. We're in an echo chamber or someone say, hey, you got to listen to this podcast. This guy, he, he makes sense. He says the right things. It's fun. Or uh, maybe it's just the algorithm. You've just found it out, whatever. Or you heard it from somebody who put it on their Bluetooth speaker at the gym. I'm just kidding. Who would ever do that and bring that to a gym with a Bluetooth speaker and make you listen to what they want? Oh, that was at my gym, at my LA Fitness, where a gentleman, I talked about this on my Monday podcast, but a gentleman went to the gym with this big old Bluetooth speaker, like one of those big old JBL speakers that lights up when you turn it on and uh, decides, I'm going to play my own music. I don't need earbuds, don't need headphones, don't need, no, I'm just gonna, I want everybody to know that I listen to this awful trap music, and there you go, and no one said anything, not only that, he's at the bench press, he's at the leg extension, he's at the ab rolling machine, and he's at this, this, and this, he's in the bathroom, he's in the shower, he's in the sauna, he's getting changed with the speaker, and no one's saying anything, because again, they're all afraid of being racist, but you know. So my recommendation, don't put my, if you're going to bring your Bluetooth speaker, don't put my show on. Not because I'm going to use a lot of language, because I don't in this podcast. I do on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur. Three bucks a month if you're interested. But yeah, I just wouldn't recommend putting me on. You might have somebody going like, I was really offended because he said, he said some things that was really triggering. I had a microaggression. Okay, good for you. Ah, yeah, that uh, opening song, by the way, was uh, from the movie Wet Hot American Summer. I got a chance to see David Wayne, who directed it, who's from about 20 or so minutes from where I'm broadcasting this from. He's from Shaker Heights, Ohio, and he has a band. It's called the Middle-Aged Dad Jam Band, and they play a bunch of covers and songs from their movies with uh, Ken Marino, who was in the group... uh, the sketch group The State, which is on MTV, and he plays Victor on Wet Hot American Summer. I got to meet him. Catherine Hahn was there, weirdly enough, and she's from about 25 minutes from where I'm broadcasting, and uh, she's in, like, everything now. She was in Step Brothers, I believe, and she was the wife of one of the guys in Anchorman. I, I hate Anchorman. I hate all those movies, but... Uh, and then she's, she's in that WandaVision show, where she does that wink that you've probably seen the the meme or the gif where it's one of those, like if you said, uh, okay, mom, I'll be home at 10 o'clock, wink. That's her. And I met her. She's really nice. It's pretty nice. Cool. Uh, hopefully David Wayne will be on my podcast. And yes, I understand I don't have a guest this week for several reasons, but one of them is I'm trying to increase my visibility of doing these podcasts. Uh, of what I can do and not just having a guest for the sake of getting a guest and not denigrating who I've had on in the past. But it's kind of one of those cases of I also want to promote myself. I don't want to just promote everybody else, especially when I'm not a household name for a lot of people. So here's my podcast. This kind of stuff I get into on the show and talk about various topics like, oh, I don't know. How about somebody who sees no problem with entering uh, basically phase one. Well, no, it's probably, we're probably past phase one. We're probably halfway into a complete dystopian future. I've always found the juxtaposition between the tech bros in Silicon Valley and their customers, their audience, because a lot of tech bros have come out and said, I have kids, I have a wife and kids, and I don't want my kids on Facebook or Twitter or any Instagram, TikTok. I also don't want them having a smartphone either. Yet they're the ones creating it, and they carry around the dumb phones, the brick phones, the flip phones, whatever. They just use it to talk and text. That's it. And uh, yet the rest of us have to be inflicted upon. (laughs) You inflicted this upon the world here. Um, It seems some people are kind of okay with entering this weird dystopian future of technology. Now, smartphones have been around, have been a thing. 2007 was the release of the iPhone, and since then it's just been one iPhone or Android or Samsung, this, this, and this, one after another, several of them a year. 
And I remember not too long ago growing up of people that were concerned about the government spying on you in your home. That uh, I remember when you would have a, a, a webcam that they were saying that the government's actually watching you when you have a webcam. That was one of the things. And you're like, oh, yeah, you crazy conspiracy theorists. How can you believe something like that? We're never going to get to a point where the, the government could have an opportunity to spy on us in our own homes. Well, guess what? We all ran out and got smartphones, including me. I've had an iPhone for, I think, 11 years, and I've had an Android before that. We willingly allowed this to happen. So it's only going to go from here. Even if people have kind of gotten a little bit more red-pilled on the Agenda 2030, the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab, the, you, you know, you'll be, you'll own nothing and be happy and eat bugs and everything. I know people have been hip to that now. But I think a lot of it has to do with convenience. And when you have an opportunity where you can pay for your groceries by the palm of your hand, and I mean literally the palm of your hand, check out how excited this woman is to pay by just flashing her palm in front of a scanner at a grocery store. This is me casually walking to get my groceries, but it's not as casual as it might seem. Let me show you what I mean by that. I got everything that I needed. I got my fruit, I got my yogurts, mint tea, and now it's time to pay. Well, because we're in Silicon Valley, I'm not going to pay with my credit card. I am going to pay with my palm. The thing is, there's this new technology that lets you connect your credit card and your ID to your palm so that you don't have to carry any credit cards with you anymore. You don't even have to have your phone with you. This this is my total, this is my palm, this is me scanning it. and I would later be able to see my purchases in my Amazon account. Do you think it's convenient or just another way to track us everywhere? I like how condescending that is at the end. You think this is a good thing or is this another way to track us? You know, the government. And she links her Amazon account. Oh my goodness. And she's happy with it. Are you happy? Now, I, I've said this before about electric cars. The, the reason why I don't have an electric car and the reason why you probably don't have an electric car and no one on my block has one is out of convenience and its price. If electric cars cost 20 grand instead of 60 to 100 grand, whatever they are right now, it, most of my block would have an electric car. You'd, we'd be fueling it up at night. Then we'd wonder about brownouts. But, you know, you will cross that bridge when we get to it. It would be like Gavin Newsom saying, please set your air conditioners to 78 degrees at night. Oh, okay. Have you ever slept in ball soup? A anyway, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's out of convenience. And it, they're just, it's not practical. I've talked about my trip from Fort Lauderdale to Key West and back, which is a round trip, eight hours meaning almost every hour we had to stop off at a supercharging station to charge my Tesla. Or you can have a gas-powered vehicle and fill up your tank in, what, four or five minutes? Maybe you grab a bag of chips or an energy drink at the gas station and you're back on the road. Uh, or you go to the supercharging station and you got to wait like two hours for your car to fuel up. And that's just a supercharging station. Forget the ones you you go to the hotel and you plug into some outlet. We're not ready for that yet. It's not convenient. However, the smartphone, though expensive, they have different payment plans and it, out of, I, I think, with the entertainment value, with the informational value, uh, and the fact that everyone has them is why we've been able to kind of have that in the public consciousness. Not electric cars, but if you get to a point where things are just way more convenient, like, oh, I don't know, the self-checkout, at the gas or at the well gas stations too but at the grocery store and now if you have a woman who's okay with either having a chip installed in her arm or they scan her palm or fingerprints i guarantee you a lot of people as much as people have woken up to this they'll be fine with that they'll say now what, what's the big deal it links my amazon account it's not that big of a deal i just wave oh look at this i paid for my groceries i paid for my green tea and my uh, acai waffles and this and this and that's like my yogurt okay look at that how convenient was that and i'm back on the road i'm in my electric car sipping my green tea you could think it's crazy in 2023 but uh i have a feeling if it's convenient for enough people that they can just stamp their finger their thumb 
thumbprint down or their palm, they'll be fine with it. And it's okay. That's where we're heading. It's the dystopian future. And, uh, but I don't think it's as much the future. It's more the dystopian near future, if you ask me. Uh, before I get to more of the incompetence, uh, in the crisis of incompetence that we have going on, um, so parental rights, this is, was a big story about two years ago around this time in the state of Virginia. Virginia, if you look at county by county, it's like 98% red, but the most populous counties in Virginia are blue. I've driven through a lot of red Virginia, that real, that, that tip, that panhandle. I've driven through it where there's not even a major city. You're driving through areas that I don't think anyone actually lives here. It, you get no cell phone service. I had satellite radio. I couldn't even pick it up. That's a Republican area. They're voting for Trump. They're voting for DeSantis, whoever's going to run for president. But Virginia is one of those states where, oh, yeah, hey, you're you're down there. You're by uh, uh, you're by the North Carolina border in, in Tennessee, by Johnson City. Oh, that's okay. We don't really care about you. We care about Loudoun County. We care about uh, up near D.C. And uh, a lot of those parents are Democrats, but they are parents. And when they were told two years ago by the former governor who was running for governor again that parents shouldn't have a say in their kids' education, they're like, uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So they voted for Glenn Youngkin, who's a Republican, who's kind of a rising star with the Republicans right now. And he rose to that level because he's like, no, I do believe in more school choice. And the parents do have a say in their kids' education, whether it's a parochial school or a public school. And that's how he won. It was a huge issue on top of, of course, the rape in the Loudoun County School and the school district covered it up uh, because it was a transgender individual. It was a, it was a boy, a teen boy who pretended to be a woman to get into the women's bathroom. You know, something that we said would never, ever happen. And it happened. And the school district tried to cover it up and call everyone a domestic terrorist because they were upset about that. Well, here's a trans influencer. He's not, or I shouldn't say he's a um, trans activist, but I don't think he's trans. He does have a beard, like a long beard, but it's like an actual dude, not ones that took like a buttload of testosterone and like, hey, what's up, bros? We're going to get some brewskis tonight. It's like, yeah, you're a, you're a girl. So apparently uh, this trans activist and trans ally does not believe parents have any parental rights in their kid's school. Okay. No such thing as parental rights. It's not recognized in law. It's not in the charter. doesn't exist. Children's rights, however, are recognized and have been for a very long time. Parents have responsibility, which is recognized in the law, but no rights. If your child does not want to tell you something about them, that's your problem not the government's, not the school systems. Maybe you should ask yourself why your child might not want to tell you whatever it is your conspiracy brain thinks that they should have to. Conspiracy brain. There's a, there's a few problems with this. Uh, of course, I think the first problem, the first red flag is that he looks like half of my friends. <laughs> He's got glasses and just this stupid beard that needs to be cut desperately and overweight, of course. Um, number two, to say uh, parents, uh, there's a reason why your kids don't want to tell you things. Well, I don't know. Have you ever been a kid and you, you kept things from your parents? Because that's normal. You're, you're kind of embarrassed that you feel certain way. Like, oh, I like Lindsay. She's really cute. I My parents never knew my crushes growing up. Is that weird? Am I am I wrong? Like, I didn't come home and say, Mom, Dad, I have a crush on Lindsay. No, I didn't I didn't do that. I told, like, two of my friends, and both of them were like, really, her? I'm like, this is why I don't tell anybody anything. <laughs> it's like, yes, kids don't want to open up. To, so they open up to different people because they're afraid of going to their parents because they don't want their parents judging them. So it's like, now, but at the same time, I never went up to a teacher to talk about anything personal. How did this get to a point when teachers are like, if you don't want to tell your parents something, then you can just tell me. I don't want to tell you anything. I'd rather tell my parents. <laughs> it's like, if I ever, if I was a kid and I was coming out as gay, I'd rather come out to my parents than my teachers. I'll tell you that much. When did this come to a point where teachers are like, see, 
I'll be your parent now. No, that's not how it works. And this, and the third point is something I've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast. They truly believe, when I say they, this is a progressive ideology. This is even just, this is cult-like ideology. This is LGBT, but it's kind of everything. They don't believe that you as a parent own your kids. It's the government's kids, meaning that the teachers are government employees, so they kind of, by proxy, own your children. They can tell your kids what they want. They can, if, if your little girl wants to become a boy, well, we have chest binders to press down her budding bosoms so she can be a boy the rest of the day. What they're saying is, you're the bad parent. See, you're the bad parent because your kid has all these secrets but doesn't want to open up to you. What kind of parent are you? I don't know. That seems kind of normal. But we've now told kids that it's okay to open up to tea. I don't want my teacher knowing about my life. It's like when I was a kid, yeah, there were things that I wanted to keep from my parents of like crushes that I had. And I certainly didn't want my teachers to know who I had a crush on in school. <laughs> I don't know when this started. I don't know if it's, if it's a thing, if it's a phase. I don't know what the case is. But these progressive activists believe that you as a parent gave birth to your kid and you have the right to house the kid in your, I don't know, your apartment, your condo, your home. But basically what you were were the first and second apartments. You're just the landlord to these government kids. The kids belong to the government. That's why when there have been these situations of kids that are transitioning, especially in California or some of these liberal states, and they're taking these kids away from them, the government is, and letting them, like, we'll let you transition. And, okay, do you want to follow up on what's happened with a lot of them? A lot of them get into sex traffic. They're sex trafficked, and some of them have committed suicide because of it. That's not a conspiracy theory. These are realities. There's that story in Los Angeles. I think it was a mother of four. One of her kids wanted to transition or had some kind of gender dysphoria. And the government went in and basically put her in her foster care. And what happened? The girl got into sex trafficking and jumped in front of a train. So now that woman who lost her her kid, like physically lost her, but at least was still alive, now has lost her permanently because the government had to step in. Because you trans liberal activists had to step in and do that. It's not right. It's not right, man. So to say that there's no such thing as parental rights, yeah, no. Check this guy's hard drive. I'm just going to say it right now. He, him, they, them whatever he wants to go by. Here's a great example of this. When we've talked about how kids can't pick their gender, this is kind of a, a theme by, it's not even right-wing people, it's normal people, is why is, is you can't buy alcohol and now tobacco products until you're 21, you can't vote till you're 18, you can't rent a car till you're 25, can't get tattooed until you're 18, but you can pick your gender when you're, what, in utero? So here's a kid, this is when you realize that kids do not have their prefrontal cortex developed. This is a kid who's probably, what, maybe seven years old. He's given an option. Does he want cash or does he want cookies? Take a guess what he picks. $1,000 cash or, wait a minute, this two out-of-the-box Oreo cookies. Huh? Are you sure? That's $10,000 cash. Do you want the Oreo cookies? Are you sure? Okay, go ahead. I mean, it. yes, it's an anecdotal example. Yes, it's silly. But it, it's telling you that kids do not know the repercussions of their actions. What if that kid chose $10,000 and that dad, let's follow through with the example here. That dad gives him $10,000, puts in his, gets a little bank account. And this kid has, I mean, what kid has $10,000 unless he's a trust fund kid at that age? Gets $10,000. What's he going to do with that money? He's gonna do, he doesn't know what to do with it. Oh, I'll buy all the Oreos I could ever want. Well, kids don't have that, that capacity to think about that far into the future. So if a little boy says he's a girl, chances are, and by statistics, he will grow out of that phase. So this kid who's offered either ten grand 
in cash. I don't know if it's real money, but for the example, 10 grand or two cookies. Now, some trans activists will say, well, that kid probably knows that it's not real money. It's probably Monopoly money. Besides the point, this kid chose the two cookies because what does he want right now? That 10 grand can go a long way. It can go a long way for me. Or I can get two Oreo cookies that uh, I can probably go upstairs and steal a whole sleeve of them, and it's okay. But my instant gratification, and the problem is that's seeped down through generation now. That's that dopamine rush with the smartphone that, no, I have to have this now, and if I don't have this, I'm going to be depressed and want to commit suicide. Or how about this? You're allowed to be bored sometimes. You, re- I- I'm never bored. We have so much stuff nowadays, it's impossible. If you're bored, that's a you problem. But anyways, instant gratification, this kid wanted cookies because he's a five, six, seven-year-old kid. He doesn't know any better. So if a kid's going to choose cookies over cash, what makes you think that he's going to make a a decision that when he's 50, he's going to be like, boy, I made that right decision when I was five? Chances are probably not pretty good. Uh, moving on right now. Speaking of children, um, now I'll, I'll 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 hold on to that because I think this has something to do with it. So here is a commercial that I saw. Uh, it's called Mission Democracy. We cannot kick the can down the road with fascism. From Marjorie Taylor Greene to Lauren Boebert or Boebert, get it? We must stop fascist and everything they stand for before it's too late for America. Share this latest ad far and wide, and let's hashtag stop fascism. So this is this whole democracy is on the ballot in 2024. What does democracy mean? Democracy means progressivism. Democracy means being able to read gay porn in your kid's class. Democracy means we need to send more billions over to Ukraine. Democracy, all of this. And when you oppose that, you're a fascist because today's politics, well, it's probably always been like this, but politics, especially today, is Yankees, Red Sox, is Dodgers, Giants. It's I'm the good guy, you're the bad guy, instead of having some kind of nuance. Or sometimes you may be one of the baddies. No, can't think of that that way. I'm always on the right side of history. So check out this commercial, the kicking the can down the road, and we'll break it down a little bit. It's just, this is so cringe. Wrong is just wrong. You know it when you see it. But it's by Toni Morrison. She won a Nobel Prize for literature. We know better. All right, so I'm going to stop it a couple of times in this video. So a Toni Morrison book, which is like one example of... It shouldn't. It was a Toni Morrison book. I, I'm forgetting the example because it's been so many over the years that you're like, oh, they're banning Toni Morrison books. And then you realize like, oh, no, all they did was just it was on the sixth grade curriculum instead of the third grade curriculum. That was it. That's all these banned books when they talk. Well, how they're, they're not allowing this. No, you can still read it. It's just it's not on the particular curriculum. It's a New York Times book bans rising rapidly in U.S. free speech group fines. I'm assuming what free speech group is as the SPLC, I assume, or the ADL, who knows. It's like, but then there's of course the gender queer and the other books and it's like, yeah, no, I don't think kids should be reading that. Oh, you're wanting to ban books. How about the fact that the same people they're complaining about book bans because what they're trying to do is invoke you feeling like this is the 1940s, that this is Jim Crow South of like we're banning books talking about how bad slavery is. Blah 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 blah. blah. When in reality, it's like, it's none of that. And there are the same people who want to ban you from social media because you said something that the vaccine didn't work properly and masks don't work and uh, social distancing was a farce. They're the same people who wanted Joe Rogan kicked off of podcast platforms. So it's not that they're pro-free speech. They just like the fact that they're invoking the images of the past, of book burnings, that it's just a bunch of clan members burning crosses and books. That's not the case. Uh, hopefully, people aren't going to buy it. I'll continue. But it's hard to know what to do. Easier to let it go. So you just kick the can down the road. Please, I didn't do anything wrong. It was a miscarriage. It's for the courts to decide, man. 
Wrong is wrong. Okay, so it's a woman who, in, in this commercial, is apparently getting arrested because she had an abortion, or no, it was a miscarriage. In a post-Roe world, more miscarriage and stillbirth prosecutions await women. No proof of that, by the way. <clears throat> There's no proof of that. No one's, no one's going to arrest, no one's arresting women for getting an abortion. I would, I, in, in a perfect world, ideally, I would like to see women not getting abortions. We're not getting to that point. But no one is going to a Planned Parenthood going, you know, are you Stacy? Yeah, you're under arrest because you had this abortion. It's not happening. They're trying to scare you. And that's what, and honestly, they successfully did that with the propaganda in 2022 by saying, if you get an abortion or if you're pro-choice, you could have an opportunity to get arrested. No, it's only if you may be blocking some entrance that you'll get arrested. Oh, we'll get to that later on in the podcast here. Wrong is wrong. But what can you do? They want you to think slavery was all bad, but slaves learned valuable skills, like being a blacksmith. That's racist and a lie. It's in the school curriculum, endorsed by our fine... Okay, so that's another one. That's another lie that they're trying to promote because it's the classic case that there, there are actually, that curriculum in Florida was created by black academics by saying, yes, there were examples of slaves obtaining certain skills that made them more money. We're not justifying, the whole thing was we're not justifying slavery, but we are saying that some who were slaves, it's not that they benefited, but they did obtain some skills that they became very successful after they were freed. That's all they were saying. And by the way, some Jewish groups have said that after the Holocaust as well. But you can't mention it. Even if Jews and blacks are the ones actually creating this curriculum, it's not some dumb redneck white guy that's doing this. And oh, here's a dumb redneck white guy assuming like a proud boy who's going to go up and try to assault this black woman. It's ridiculous. What are you doing? Let's go. Let's go and make that doesn't happen. Politicians who lie are manipulating you so they can gain or maintain power, turning families and friends against each other and often leading to violence. Surely you have to do something about that, don't you? Because if you keep kicking the can down the road, eventually you run out of road. Jews will not replace us! Ah, uh, we're doing Charlottesville again. Those are racist and Nazi slogans. Just stop. Well, we also know that a lot of these Nazis who show up at Ron DeSantis rallies are not Nazis. They're they're feds. They're they've been around. They've been fed federal informants and they've infiltrated this. It's this stuff is out there. The thing is, what they're doing is they know that you and I know that this is all fed inspired. We just had the, the story last week about the entrapment case with Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, they were, you had all these <clears throat> these uh, racists and anti-lockdowners who are trying to uh, kidnap the governor of Michigan. Well, what happened? It was the feds going like, oh, boy, can you believe this governor is locking us down over this? And a couple of guys are like, yeah, no, that sucks, whatever. It's like, you know what we should do? It'd be kind of a good idea as if we go and uh, kidnap her. Yeah. Like, what? So, like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, no, it's like, you know, she's having all these parties and stuff and graduation parties for her kids, but you can't have a graduation party. Like, what the F? Like, why can't we just, why can't we do that? It's like, we should just go kidnap her. What, what are you talking about? And it got to a point where they're like, Okay, may, I mean, maybe, like, that wouldn't, I, I guess I see your point. Ah, gotcha, you were going to kidnap the governor. We're feds. Ha, 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 ha. Well, they, got a, they did get acquitted, but we need more of those cases, especially January 6th when guys are going to prison for 22 years for not even being there. <laughs> and they're doing the Charlottesville thing in January 6th. That, it's the same stuff over and over again. Does it work? Sadly, I think it, it does. I, I don't need to play the rest of this. This mission democracy. All it is is our mission is to spread more progressivism around the globe, which is what Viktor Orban said over in Hungary. So basically, the Western values are uh, gay stuff. It's just basically butt stuff 2024, war and censorship. 
That's our, our greatest export right now. What 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 other great exports are we bringing out of the West right now besides butt stuff, censorship, and more war? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything really offhand right now. That was just embarrassing. But remember, we're the book banners. You know, us sensible people who don't think you should be reading genderqueer. Or if there's a book that it's like, maybe not for third graders, how about for a fifth grader? Oh, you were, you're banning books for kids. No, it's not the case. Who are the pro-censorship people? Huh, almost sounds like the people who uh, want to take down all these statues. Remember, that's why Charlottesville was a thing in the first place, the Unite the Right, which, of course, again, Fed-inspired. Um, we've been saying this for a long time, and I remember when I worked in radio, I talked about this. And I argued with callers because they're like, oh, what's the big deal? So what if a Robert E. Lee or a Jefferson Davis statue comes out? Who cares? We're not, we don't worship statues. It's not a religion. And I said, well, here's what's happening is when you erase your history, you will be bound to repeat it in some way. They're trying to take away our history. Yes, we don't want to go back to the days of slavery. We don't want to go back to the days of Jim Crow. Of course not. I agree with that. But are we going... And yes, history is not kind. History may be written by the winners, but history is also not kind. Yes, America did a lot of stuff. So did, oh, I don't know, every single country in every society has had a lot of bad actors. So if we're going to take down Robert E. Lee, what's next? Oh, you're just some conspiracy theorist. Well, there was somebody who actually did mention that, that, uh, who could very well be next? Could it be George Washington? Hmm. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down... Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people. And I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You, got a, you, had a lot of bad, you had a lot of bad people in the other group. Too. So that was the part of the... He, he said there were good Nazis there. No, he didn't. I, I wanted to play the full clip. I could have cut it off earlier, but... Uh, yeah, he said, oh, what, are we going to have George Washington statues taken down? Oh, uh, New York City to consider removing statues of George Washington and create reparations task force amid budget cuts. Huh. Gosh, almost like somebody predicted it. Not just me, but a guy who used to be the president and is running for president again. You know why? Because we knew where this was going. He said that in 2017. Now, in the post-George Floyd world, now everybody's on high alert. Uh, even if it has nothing to do with blacks or George, George Floyd at all, it was, well, I guess that means we can't be the Redskins or the Indians anymore, so in honor of George Floyd, we won't be the Cleveland Indians. Ugh. Anyway, but... A lot of that had to start changing, and it just started really accelerating to a point where I don't think we're ready for this. And when some of us six years ago said, so you're going to take down George Washington, and they're going to take down George Washington because he had slaves. Or take down Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, because Thomas, even though I'm in a swivel chair that he allegedly helped invent, <laughs> uh, we're going to take him down because he had slaves. And remember, if you own slaves... You're, you're worse than the, like, this is what these people nowadays, these activists are like, well, I never owned a slave, so I'm better than Thomas Jefferson. So you're, you're some loser pothead, uh, who all you do is you go on social media, you're, you're fat, you're, you're out of shape, 
and you go on social media and just like, oh, my pronouns are this, and children don't have a, th- or parents don't have a say in what their kids do, and uh, this or that, and I wear your mask and make sure you get your booster and stuff. That person who ha- uh, really contributes nothing other than as material to my podcast thinks he or she or they or them is better than Thomas Jefferson and George Washington because they don't own a slave. Isn't that unbelievable? They took that t- Teddy Roosevelt statue down because they said he's he's uh, he looks like he's the savior of the black and indigenous people, so we need to take that down. Unbelievable. But it is believable now. I, I shouldn't say... I, I have to stop saying unbelievable because it's such a crutch because a lot of this is believable. We all knew that this is where that slippery slope was heading. And here we are. We're slipping on down to the point where we are erasing all of our history basically before 1960, right? <laughs> history started with John F. Kennedy. That's We're basically getting to that point. Let's talk about a great modern-day historical figure. Uh, John Fetterman. Now, one of my favorite things about John Fetterman, the former failed mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania, a dump of a town that you can see across the way when you're at Kennywood. So, you know, when you go to Kennywood, maybe you drink an icy light beer, you're outside of Pittsburgh, you get uh, you go to the potato patch and get some fries, and then you look over across, you go, wow, what a dump of a town across there. That's the town John Fetterman used to be the mayor of. And yet here he is, Senator John Fetterman, that this week they announced that because of him, because he is not mentally capable of, I guess, wearing a suit all day, he's too uncomfortable by it, doesn't help his stroke and his recovery from his stroke, that members of the Senate can wear whatever they want. There's no dress code. Now, if you want to visit... If you're an outsider or if you're the help, you still have to adhere to the guidelines. But because this is this is the whole part of the incompetence that's going on in our country right now is instead of telling John Fetterman, I don't care if you had a stroke, we have a decorum. We have rules here in the United States Senate. I don't care if you like wearing Carhartts and a pair of Air Jordan basketball shorts. We dress up here, son. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Instead, it's like, now he's too valuable for our progressive cause. We'll allow flip-flops and, I don't know, Tommy Bahama t-shirts or whatever. Just because John Fetterman likes wearing hoodies and shorts. Because And there's some conspiracy theories that show that there might be several John Fettermans. There's a, there's a guy that was walking around naked at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. It was a bald guy. And I'm like, that. I believe that to be John Fetterman at this point. They're all John Fetterman. So he's given a couple of interviews lately. Um, see if you can, I guess, transcribe what he's trying to say, what he's trying to get to. And, and, by, and before I get to it, whenever I bring this up, and we've John Fetterman's really been in the national spotlight for the last year, year and a half now. Whenever you make fun of the guy, you say, how dare you make fun of that? That's an ableist. Well, I don't know. If we're looking at it in terms of humor and what's considered punching up and punching down, the guy is a U.S. senator. We have 100 senators in this country. He is one of them. Therefore, he's at a higher level than me. So if I make fun of John Fetterman, it's punching up. Oh, no, you're, but, but you're making fun of the fact that he, uh, he has this affliction from his recovery from his stroke, which means it's ableist. No, 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 no. We don't, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't, abide by that rule where uh, my white, I'm more privileged as a middle class podcast host, former radio guy who lives in the suburbs, who has a blue collar job, yet I'm more privileged than Sasha and Malia Obama. You're going to tell me just because they're black, even though they're the, the kids of the 44th president of the United States, yet I'm still more privileged. Screw that. I don't agree with that. And the same goes for John Fetterman. You're a U.S. senator. I can make fun of you. I could say, call you whatever word I want to. You're above me. It's called punching up. Uh, I didn't make the rules. So here's John Fetterman uh, uh, giving an interview, and I, I don't know what he's talking about here. <laughs> Things have operated since that deal was 
A bipartisan deal was struck for certain top-line spending numbers for all of the funding bills that have to be passed to make the budget keep the government running. The Senate has basically been delivering those and passing them by big 91-7 bipartisan majorities. The House today looks like it's falling apart. You've already got 17 no votes in that House Republican caucus saying we're not passing anything. What, what do you think's happening here? Okay, so, by the way, this is Chris Hayes, and they're interviewing a John Fetterman who, he's had different facial hair. Now he has a mustache? I mean, he's got the Super Mario Brothers mustache now. Yeah, you know, like, I, I truly, I was, I was very proud of my colleagues, you know, because they're really about governance. That's what it is. And on the other, the, the House, the, the whatever they call themselves, Team America or whatever they call themselves, <laughs> I just like, hey, I just like, bring your vote. You know, otherwise, you know, they need to go hump a different leg. Um, the, you were in. Okay, if you're Chris Hayes, this is why you make the money you do. This is why Ryan Seacrest makes the money he does. Because you don't. What? Hump the leg? What are you talking about? The House, the whatever they call themselves, Team America, or whatever they call themselves, bring your vote, otherwise they need to go hump a different leg. I mean, I, look, I don't. I'll give him money to be the president. I would love to. If that was the president giving speeches in other countries, I mean, we're already in a odd dystopian future. I'm fine with President Fetterman 2024 or 28. Why not? Give Biden another four years. because That's probably what will end up happening. Here's more Fetterman talking about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG. Here's what he had to say. Uh, what, what do you say to that? Well, you know, her platform, you know, really, she runs on more and more dingling, you know, picks, you know, on uh, in the the, me the meetings uh, over in, in the Congress. So, I, again, uh, I, I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress, uh, but, you know, she really takes it a different way. OK. Uh, <laughs> OK. Dingling what? And here's one more John Fetterman for you. CEOs, CEOs is, you know, at $74 million, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, you know to, to, yacht, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I don't know. Well, thank you, John. I, I, riveting stuff right there from John Fetterman. Is this a man who should be in Congress right now? Should he be in the Senate? Should he be passing any type of legislation? Is is this man... Now, to be honest right now, uh, this is on the voters. I, I think I said in a couple of weeks ago about term limits. And a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, Dianne Feinstein and uh, Mitch McConnell and these people need term limits. I mean, Nancy Pelosi said she's running again. She's 83. She'll be 84 coming up. 83 years old. Bernie Sanders is 80. Mitch McConnell's 81. Joe Biden's going to be 81 soon. Uh, Dianne Feinstein's 90. But if you're going to keep electing them, uh, that's on the voters. That's on the voters to do their due diligence. But if you're just looking at D or R next to their name, you know, like, well, you know, better at two evils for this person. It's on the voters. You have your opportunity to vote for a different candidate. Unless, of course, they get start getting suppressed in, like, RFK or Vivek Ramaswamy or whatever the case would be with that. Um, that's on the voters. The voters had plenty of opportunities to look at John Fetterman post-stroke. I talked about it on this very podcast all the time. Frequently, whenever he would do an interview, and they, they were very infrequent interviews, but he would say something, and I would just be dumbfounded. So what is he talking about? What is John Fetterman talking about right now? That was on the voters. Those videos, that, those audio clips are out there. And if you're a Democrat from Pennsylvania, and look, I, I understand Dr. Oz wasn't a good candidate. We all know that. He was, I almost wanted Fetterman to win just because I wanted to show what kind of grift that he was going for. But if you're a Democrat who lived in Pennsylvania, were you willingly, were you going out of your way not to see a John Fetterman speech or hear him speak at all? Or 
or, or or did you listen to that and understand exactly what he said? No, no, of course. He's talking about the rich people with the yachts and this and that. See, I, I completely understand it. Or it's, again, the we we have to treat the man like he's severely handicapped, which he very well may be in his brain, to go like, see, now, no, you're doing good, John. You're doing good. Great speech. Hi, good night, everyone. He said that at a debate. Now, there were a lot of mail-in ballots, and there were people that did come out and say, had I known his condition was this bad, I wouldn't have voted for him. Well, you had several months to figure it out. So, again, that's on the voters. He opened a speech, a debate, by saying, hi, good night, everybody. And you voted him into the Senate? And now he's in the Senate wearing shorts and hoodies? I mean, it's... It, it is gym attire. It's not even that he's wearing jeans and like a, a denim shirt like he's Ronald Reagan. He's wearing shorts and a hoodie, but he's too valuable to the progressive cause with his vote. So that's why they're not going to... They'll bend the rules for one guy, for one uh, uh, mentally handicapped senator from Pennsylvania. But... I think I think I played a couple of different John Fettermans because I, I there could be a very very good possibility that none of them were the same guy. It's a lot of Fettermans with different facial hair and different tattoo placement. Again, conspiracy theory, but that's worth looking into. Um, how how are your finances right now? Because uh, it kind of seems that we might be heading towards an, another recession here, even if they don't want to call it a recession, or again, just like with John Fetterman in the dress code, we're going to bend the rules of what it means, what it constitutes as a recession. Wasn't it two quarters of negative growth? And we had quarters of negative growth. They're like, but, yeah, but, but actually, actually, oh, really? Okay. So uh, Janet Yellen does not believe the Treasury Secretary doesn't She's talking about the uh, the remarkable recovery, and it just people just are, I guess, are too stupid to realize how great of a job the Biden administration has done. Even though they have no money and they were paying for five dollars for gas, but hey, gas did go down, even though it went up. So here's Janet Yellen. I want to go back to the, the, the rosy picture that you just painted of the U.S. economy with inflation coming down and unemployment coming down um, and, and answer the riddle that the White House is. By the way, I don't want any more Brits on news shows uh, in America. I, no, no, we're, we're not having that. I want full-blooded Americans to be on there. Uh, no more Brits. No, no John Olivers. No, um, uh what's his name uh, the guy the uh from the other guy at MSNBC the Mehdi Hassan no more Piers Morgan I want an actual American to give the news in America being so befuddling which is with those good numbers why are polling amongst the American people so pessimistic about the economy and I'm wondering if it's that they just having been through a period of inflation, they fear that inflation might come back again. Those high oil prices that Mika was talking about, the OECD is forecasting slower growth next year, something like 1.3%, I think, for the U.S. Is it, is it just fears about the future? I, I don't, I'm not asking you to play therapist with the American voter, but there seems to be a disconnect between the numbers we're seeing and the way people are feeling about the economy, and how do you I account for it? I, I agree with you that there's a disconnect, and um, I don't have a simple and convincing answer. But Americans have been through a lot. The pandemic really took a toll on American families, on children, on households. Um, we are enjoying a remarkable recovery, but um, also with high inflation, much of it reflecting supply bottlenecks that developed uh, during the pandemic and then with Russia's brutal um, attack on Ukraine, we saw a surge in uh, gas prices. Of course. Prices. Um, so Americans have um, been reeling from high inflation. They do realize in polls that it's coming down. And Americans' financial situation actually improved uh, during the pandemic. Uh, interestingly, when Americans are asked about their own personal financial situation, they're positive on that. 
Um, the negative results you cite mainly reflect their answers to how is the economy more broadly doing. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to take some time. Uh, we've had a trifecta of legislation that President Biden Okay, yeah. So it, 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 she goes on and on and on about the disconnect. Uh, and, and that she doesn't have a like, convincing answer why. It's like, it's one of those, guys, the economy is going like gangbusters. It's going great. Yeah, really. Uh, cost of everything is going up. It's it's costing 300 bucks to go to the grocery store. You know, when I wave my palm at the grocery store at the self-checkout, which again, don't, if you're at self-checkout, uh, 10 items or less. That's it. No more. We're not we're not doing a cart full of groceries and then you picking it out. No, go to the lane if you have a cart full of groceries. But anyways, sidetrack. Uh they try they're You notice the people convincing you how great the economy is don't have to worry about gas prices and the cost of goods and services. There's that Gen Z paid DNC influencer. His name is Harry Sisson or Sisson. I don't know what it is. And he does those like, he's not as bad as Dash Dabrowski, which I haven't heard Dash in a while. He's like, oh boy, you wouldn't believe the Republicans now. That's Dash. This Harry Sisson though, he's uh, he's like, guys, I'm telling you, he's on TikTok trying to convince people. He's trying to convince his fellow 20-year-olds that this 80-year-old man who can't walk is the best option for president. <laughs> Guys, Joe Biden has done an amazing job. His economic recovery. He did a video recently inside a car. And I don't know if that was a car that was a gift. I don't know if it's a car that the DNC paid for or if it was his parents. But either way, it's a really nice car. And it's kind of tone deaf, if you ask me. If you're going to start lecturing people, if you make... I'll, I'll say, let me say this. <clears throat> if you make over $250,000 a year and you're lecturing the middle class and lower class and how great the economy is and they're too stupid to understand it, you're out of touch. You are out of touch. I don't want to hear it from you. So if you're in a, a $75,000 car like this Gen Z influencer telling us how great Joe Biden is doing with the economy... I don't want to hear from you. And most people don't want to either. It's the most tone deaf thing you can even think of. So when Janet Yellen's like, well, you got to wonder if uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect with the American voters who are wondering what's going on with the economy and the economy is going so well. Yeah, no, we're not buying it. Well, you know, gas prices are down $1.20 from their peak last year. Of course they are, even though they're at $4 right now. Gas prices are upwards of $4, meaning the national average was over $5 around this time a year ago. Wow, the gas prices went down. That's great. Uh, they were way up from where they were at, oh, oh about 2 bucks. They're about 2 bucks. And I'll even say this even before COVID, before the lockdowns, because I did get gas for like $1.50, which was really nice, but I understand it was pandemic-related. In 2019, I was paying for gas very reasonably, reasonably priced. Didn't have to worry too much about gas prices then. Right now, oh yeah, a lot of people are. They're they're struggling. But again, more disconnect. Uh, speaking of disconnect, here's Vladimir Zelensky. He's over in the, at the United Nations. He's talking to Joe Biden. And of course, he's doing the hat in hand routine. He's doing the old uh, Oliver Twist. He wants some more. Um... But he's pretty schooled on some other very progressive things to talk about, including the climate. Interesting. Even though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives, this means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life, and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters, and when islands and countries disappear underwater, and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories, and when all of this is happening one 
a natural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. We have to stop it. We must act united to defeat the aggressor and focus all our capabilities and energy on addressing these challenges. Okay, so yeah, so humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives, which is hilarious because except for the accent, that's no different from what Joe Biden, from what Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders say. It, these are globalists. They, they all have the same talking point. We're not the United States of America. We're run by NATO. The UN and NATO run this country. Understand that. And they run several countries, but we're just basically all the same country with just different dialects, just slightly different. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, he's there's a lot of people are starting to wake up to this. That's why it, this is bipartisan. There's a lot of Republicans, some Democrats, although I, I'm, I'm really upset with the fact that Democrats 20 years ago kept talking about these illegal wars in the Middle East, yet have no problem with sending more money, more weapons, even more boots on the ground over to Ukraine for a country. And, and Tucker Carlson said this recently at a speech over in Hungary. He said that the American media wants you to believe that they're basically an F-35, you know, the one that they just found, of course. I, I don't know if it was F-35, but basically we're one plane away from Ukraine winning this war against Russia. It's not even close to the case, but there's a lot of people. In fact, I actually live in a very Ukrainian area that they, which I, if you want to support your motherland, I'm fine with that. But you have to be realistic. They're getting their butts whooped in this war. Absolutely. But in America, if you listen to American media, where there's a lot of shared interests and global interests and everything like that, you would think that we're this close to winning this war and Russia is going to get toppled. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's happening. But, you know, he's got to he's got to convince us, got to convince us with all this stuff um, and hat in hand. And we're going to give more money to Ukraine, more money to Israel, more money to, to Iran. Yet, once again, I say this on almost every podcast now. Maui got 700 bucks. Oh, you lost your you lost your dog, you lost your kids, you lost your home, you lost your car, you lost uh, basically everything. Here's a one-time payment for 300 bucks under a grand. We will give you $700. Now go screw. Enjoy yourselves. Oh, we shut your business down, we shut your school down, we shut your livelihood down. You couldn't see people. You couldn't go to the gym. You couldn't do anything. Here's 600 bucks. Oh, by the way, we need more money for Ukraine. For what? For what? I think we're starting to figure out why that what is. Um, yeah, so Zelensky, he can, let's just say he could take a long walk off a short pier, if you ask me. Oh, but I'm a Russian propagandist. Okay. Um, speaking of propagandist, so uh, this just came out today that Ray Epps, Remember Ray Epps? Ray Epps, the uh, the guy who uh, got glowing interviews on 60 Minutes because he feels that Tucker Carlson, Fox News, and uh, MAGA Republicans were attacking him, where he was just, you know, he was like an oath keeper. He was just uh, like a regular guy, and he went to Washington, D.C., even though there's plenty of, uh, well, he, he got charged with something, but we'll talk about that here after you just listen to Ray Epps once again. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. What? No! Peacefully. Fed, 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 Tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go, I'll say it. All right. We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol. Based Fed posting? <laughs> we need to go into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there's several videos of Ray Epps telling people, we need to go into the Capitol. Yet, Enrique Tarrio, who's the head of the Proud Boys, gets 22 years. He wasn't even there that day. Joe Biggs, Ethan Nordeen, well, they shook a fence. Or Joe Biggs walk. He walked inside and urinated. Not all over the place because he stayed inside the. He went to the bathroom. 
they said he he urinated inside the Capitol. Okay. Um, but Ray Epps, what happened to him? How's the guy who's telling people to go into the Capitol? He's encouraging several videos, several people feeling that he is a Fed. Well, he got arrested. Well, he he got arrested. Ray Epps did. Uh, what happened to Ray Epps? Oh, uh, it was it was just basically he was he was somewhere where he shouldn't have been, and he'll get charged with. He might get like a a sixty sixteen dollar fine, and maybe he'll spend a total of uh, a minute and a half behind bars, and then get released. Yet again, that's that's it's kind of one of those they have to do that as a sacrificial lamb just to say no no see see Ray Epps you know all those people all oh, those Tucker Carlson's right wingers are upset about oh how but you know he he got charged it's like yeah he got charged same way Hunter Biden got charged okay he Hunter Biden got indicted do you, do we honestly think Hunter Biden's gonna stay in behind bars for any extended period of time no just the same as Ray Epps that. They're a protected class. This is a political prison right now. You shook a fence, you get 18 years behind bars. You say that you're upset about the election, you get 22 years. You uh, get 10 years behind bars because you basically post a meme, which Democrats have done for many years, where you say, hey, if you're a Republican, election day is Tuesday. But if you're a Democrat, election day is Wednesday. Very clever joke. 10 years behind bars, like Ricky Vaughn did. Like that Douglas Mackey. That's his real name. That's okay. Political prisoners. But Ray Epps will get off, and there's no problem. We'll wash our hands of Ray Epps, right? Even though it seems pretty obvious that uh, he was in charge with something and telling people to go into the Capitol. How do I know it's a political prison and that they're going after their... I mean, this is total banana republic territory. This is third world stuff. Pro-life activist Gene Marshall, 73 and Joan Bell, 74, were just convicted for blocking the entrance to an abortion clinic and now face 11 years in prison. Meaning they'll be in their mid-80s if they're still alive when they get to be released. The DOJ with the Obama... Or Obama wow, Freudian slip, everybody. This is the Biden administration, but let's be honest here. This is an extension. It's the same actors, same cast of characters as the last one. Same boss, new boss is the same as the old boss, right? So two women, and look, we, we've all driven by Planned Parenthoods, and there's the pro-life activists, and then there's the pro-choice activists on the other side of the street. Okay, yeah, some, some don't want abortions, some want more abortions, okay? Well, apparently there's this law where if you even have some kind of blockade of an abortion clinic, it's an immediate like decade in prison. For what? So now you're, these are old, these are grandmothers. These are grannies that were putting behind bars for 11 years because they quote unquote blocked an abortion clinic. And half of this country goes, good, screw them. That's what they get. I hope they don't have Bubba next time. Because, you know, prison rape jokes are really funny, right? 11 years for grandmothers? Do you understand what's going on in this country? When are you are you going to wake up? Are you going to wake up to what's happening? You are a political prisoner. Oh, you shook a fence. You were anywhere near January 6th? Yep, 15 years behind bars probably. Oh, you may have blocked partially of an entrance, which how how many you have two 75-year-old women basically. How much are they really blocking something? If you if you were in a car or if you were somebody who desperately wanted to get an abortion, I don't care how old you are or if you're in a car or not, I think you could probably get past the two old ladies who are protesting. I think you'll be fine 11 years behind bars. This is a political prison. This is what happens. The Biden DOJ is imprisoning their political enemy from Donald Trump on down to grannies blocking an abortion clinic and everywhere in between. Oh, if you don't think it can't happen to you, it can. This is unbelievable. Are people waking up to it? Sure. Again, I have to stop saying unbelievable. It's a crutch. I, I get it. It is believable, but it shouldn't be believable. 
the fact that we're just like, oh, here's another one. Who are they going to arrest today? Somebody posted a meme? Somebody who posted a, a, a silly tweet? Is that what's going to happen? I guarantee you, as we head into the next year plus, the next 13 months, that there's going to be a brutal censorship campaign that begins. If it's not beginning right now, it's going to continue. So, uh, I, I, who knows how long this Patreon's going to last. You're going to say, oh, you said Tranny, or you said January 6th wasn't that big of a deal, or you said Ray Epps, and you said this... I wouldn't be surprised if I get a notification that says Apple Podcasts or Spotify is dropping your podcast or Patreon. We've we've decided to cut ties with the Check Your Brain podcast on Patreon. So if you want more episodes like this for right now, go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazer. Other than that, we're probably going to have to do this on Rumble. Probably going to have to put this out somewhere else on other platforms. Uh, which I will, and I'll continue to do that. But I have a feeling Rumble is going to get turned into what Parler was a few years ago. I liked Parler. Parler was great. Getter, I'm on Getter, but it's not. And, and Gab is, and it's 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 just too much of an echo chamber, to be honest. I'm not getting the what. Especially, I built 15 years of a Twitter account right now. It's kind of tough to take 15 years of a mindset and building up relationships, even with people I disagree with in a couple of months on a on an app like Getter. Parlor I did like because just, it, it was my, I was able to vent with a lot of the stuff with COVID in 2020, but I don't know. I, I, I guess that's just what's going to happen. We're going to have to get ready for a censorship campaign. Uh, and that's, that's the least of it. The most of it is that they might arrest you if you protest. I'm weighing in, if I have family members who protest for, uh, pro-life causes that they may get arrested. Because what are they going to do? I mean, when there's drag queen story time and there's all this depravity happening and they arrest a guy who's on the other side of the street quoting Bible verses, that happened. That's another thing that happened. Get ready for more of this. I guarantee you it's going to happen. So if you like your podcasts, make sure you subscribe to them. Make sure you give them a couple of bucks so they can have the courage. It really is courage. It's, it's weird to say that um, because I don't feel like a martyr. I'm not trying to be a martyr, but there is a lot of courage of putting yourself out there nowadays because it, it is really easy to just shut your mouth, just do as you're told, go to work, get your get your vaccine because your boss told you you got to get vaccinated. Uh, and you do so for the good of your family. I understand why a lot of people fell for a lot of that stuff. Uh, you wore your mask at work because you're like, oh, look, I don't believe in it, but I don't want to get fired because if I get fired, then this is going to happen, this, this, and this. I don't want to speak out. My social media, it's like, yeah, I only post pictures of the kids at the pumpkin patch, and that's about it. I can't, I don't post my opinions because I don't want anyone trying to get me fired. So, to put yourself out there nowadays on social media, on podcasts, uh, on whatever it is, there is a little bit of courage to it. And again, I'm not saying that I'm brave or anything like that. But hey, if you don't hear from me, if if I start getting censored in a lot of this, don't I just just say don't be surprised. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to today's Check Your Brain podcast. We'll be back with a more fun episode, hopefully, coming up next week on the free podcast. And if you want more episodes like this, again, like I said for now, for three bucks a month, as little as three bucks, go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazer. Good night, everybody, and uh, yeah, keep fighting. <laughs>